Well, good afternoon everyone. We live in a country today where the reading of books has significantly declined over, say, the last 20 years. Recent studies in the, the last few months have found that 4 million UK residents have not looked at a book in the last 12 months. And about 12 million UK adults, that's about 25% of the uh, adult population of the UK, haven't, have only looked at one book in the last six months. Now these UK figures actually compare quite favourably with America, where over 25% of the population have not looked at a book in the last 12 months. With general church attendance sitting around 12% of the UK, or for the UK, the Word of God has seen a diminishing number of readers. So, this afternoon, we're going to consider the Bible, a book where we can find adventure, romance, intrigue, but much more than that, the Word of God provides entertaining reading which will keep your mind occupied for a good long time, a lifetime in fact. So first of all, what is the Bible? Well, the word itself means the books. And within the Bible there's not a single book, but a set of 66 books. 39 of these being in the Old Testament, written over a period of about 1,000 years, and 27 in the New Testament, which was written during a period of 40 years in the 1st century AD. Now, if you haven't read the Bible, then the Old Testament books appear to be merely a history of the Hebrew nation. And the New Testament appears to be the account of the life and death of a man, Jesus, who lived and died in Palestine. But the Bible is not merely history and gospel. It is the guide and instruction book for every human being in the world, answering every conceivable problem that can beset us. The answers are all in the Bible, but we have to read it to find them. I find some people saying that the Bible's too long and it's boring. If it's God's message, then why can't it be condensed into just a few pages so that we can read it and then decide within a few minutes whether it's for us to accept or not. But then we should remember that precious things are not come by so easily. There must be effort on behalf of the person that's going to benefit. And more than this, a condensed Bible would not be able to provide the answers to the different problems that we can encounter in our lives. Because so much would have to be left out. And we must remember that Scripture contains not only what has happened to mankind in general since the creation, but also what is going to happen right up to the time when God's kingdom will, will be established here on this earth. The Bible is unlike many of the varied books that we find these days. 
The Bible wasn't written only for interest and amusement. It has a very definite purpose. And this purpose includes us in its scope. We'll look at the chapter that Kenneth read. That's Paul's second letter to Timothy and chapter 3. We'll start reading at verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have come, become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful, useful for teaching rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now as Kenneth said, these words were written by the Apostle Paul to a young disciple named Timothy who later became the first bishop of the church at Ephesus. But the words of truth concerning the scriptures are as true today as they were when they were written. The Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, we might ask, what is the salvation that's being mentioned here? Well, this is exactly what God's Word is all about. Salvation saving people from death, that is, eternal death, by offering them a place in God's coming kingdom. And this coming kingdom does not mean heaven. I note the statement in verse 16, All scripture is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we see the significance of these words. Only in this book, God's word, can we find a true account of the divine plan for the world, right from the beginning of time up to the end of time. Only in this book can we find the reason for God's son dying on the cross and his rising again. And it's only as we begin to appreciate this reason that we are able to seriously consider our own position in this temporal life that we are in today. And this connection, we would stress that reading and studying the Old Testament is every bit as important as the New. Because the Almighty God who moved men to write the Old Testament was exactly the same one that inspired the authors of the new. And not surprisingly, God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, believed the Old Testament, and he often quoted it to his disciples. <coughs> not to look at Jewish history, but in order to point out that things which were happening in his day were foretold in the Old Testament. And it's not only in his own day, but also events still to be fulfilled. 
So yes, Jesus believed the prophecies in the Old Testament, and so shouldn't we as well. We'll have a look at a brief example. I'm going to turn to Luke chapter 24. We find here Jesus opening his disciples' eyes to the value of the Old Testament. We read in this chapter of two disciples travelling on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. That's about seven and a half miles. And we'll go to Luke 24 and verse 13. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? <coughs> and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Now, what were these prophecies of which the Lord Jesus was speaking? Well, we've only got time to look at one of them, and we'll look at this in Isaiah chapter 53, which was written under the inspiration of God. Verse 3 of Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, Yet did he 
did he not, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Now, this is one of countless quotations which foretold the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And yet the people in Jesus' day read these words and failed to recognise in them the promise of a Redeemer who would suffer in order to afford them the chance of salvation. Truly, the scriptures are, are able to make us wise into salvation, <coughs> but not if we refuse to read them. And reading is by itself of no use if we don't take in the words that we've read. We must think about and meditate upon the words that we read. Moving on now. If the Bible is God's word in our hands, then why is it less popular in this year 2016 than it was, say, 50 years ago or 100 years ago? Well, perhaps there's a number of reasons for this. Firstly, some people say that these ancient writings can't have survived the centuries without having bits added. But this is the wonderful thing that we find about the Bible. No matter how many sceptics come along, the abundance of geological, historical and geographical evidence that has come to light proves that the Bible accounts are true. Consider the book of Isaiah that we've just read a part of. Numerous translations were made between the 13th and 17th centuries until we had the authorised version of the Bible. And yet, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in 1947, they, they proved to agree word for word with what we read today. This is despite the fact that they date back to sometime between 250 BC and 68 AD. Secondly, we find some people saying that the, the Bible is full of contradictions, so it cannot be held to be true. Well, it is the case, if we do just a, a light reading of the Bible, um, that there are some apparent contradictions. But if we then examine these more carefully and with a, a wider view of with knowledge obtained from reading the scriptures and with reading them in context, we find that they're not contradictions at all. And in fact, they become a vital part of God's message for mankind. And not only this, but in hundreds of instances, the Bible re reader will come across a mass of incidental harmonies in the Bible. 
where the tiniest, unimportant detail in totally separate places in the scripture, we find that they totally agree. And these coincidences, coincidences go much further to prove that the Bible is the holy inspired message from God. We must also remember in this connection that the writers of the Old Testament weren't contemporary with each other. They had their lives spread over, as we said, about a thousand years. So no comparison could be made, say, between Joshua and Isaiah, because Joshua had been dead for nearly 700 years when Isaiah was born. At the same time, it would have been impossible for any of the Old Testament authors to have written about events such as Jesus' crucifixion, unless they were inspired by God to do so. I'm going to turn to Psalm, 72, uh, Psalm 22, because here we have an amazingly accurate account of the shameful death of God's Son and the details surrounding the event. So Psalm 22, reading from the start of the psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Verse 6. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Verse 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. Verse 25. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfil my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord. He rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship, 
All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. We can say then that the reasons given for not reading the Bible nowadays are really not valid. God's word is worth reading today as much as it was a hundred years ago. That is unless people have changed. Are people today better than our ancestors? Are we free from the sins of the world? If we are, then we can stand up and say, Thank you, God, that I'm not a sinner like this publican. That's what the Pharisee said in the temple according to one of Jesus' parables. But Jesus didn't say that this man had no need to read the Bible because he was so good. Instead, the Lord commended not the Pharisee, but the publican who smote his breast and said God be merciful to me a sinner this man said Jesus went down to his house justified rather than the other <coughs> so we have as much need to read the Bible today as people have had through all the ages But what will God's word do for us? Where will it get us if we read it? Well, more to the point, where will we get ourselves if we ignore the Bible and its message? We can become wise until salvation by reading and studying God's word. Or we can remain unwise and forgo this promised salvation. And we're perfectly free to make this choice. But in John's Gospel, we read that God does not want anyone to perish, that is, to die permanently. But rather he wants us all to take part in a blessed life now. And eventually to enter into a full and happy life in his kingdom on earth with his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. This offer, this invitation, runs throughout the whole of the Scriptures. Just let me read these well-known words from John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, how could people of the world be saved through God's Son? Well, that's the main reason for 
God's Word being worth reading this year, 2016, and why we should read it. Because we'll find salvation nowhere else than in this book. Now you might be thinking that the, the Bible uses old language, but there are many modern translations used today, and they use much more modern language. I've been using the New International Version uh, this afternoon, but there are many newer versions than that. So that's not really a reason for not reading the Bible. What else stands in our way? Well, perhaps we don't have much time. It's such a, a large book. So said it contains 66 books. It'll take us years to get through the Bible. And again, that shouldn't stop us. There are Bible reading plans that are available here for free if you, if you wish. And they'll take you through the whole of the Bible in a year. It takes about 20 minutes out of our day uh, to do that reading. And if, if that sounds too much, then there are simpler plans which will lead us through the scriptures, which take a lot less than 20 minutes a day. There's only one aim in, the, in all this directing people to read the Bible. That God's will will be done. And that people of all nations will come to a full knowledge of the salvation which is offered through Jesus Christ. This is why we should read the Bible today. 